Hey, so today I'm going to be talking about my breast cancer story. I know it's a little heavy and it's not really real estate related, but it's really important, uh, which is why I want to talk about it and um, share what happened. And hopefully this helps somebody. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month after all. So let's get to it. So my breast cancer story started um, in 2019 when I felt a lump and my daughter Bailey was turning one and I didn't really think much of it. I thought it maybe was a clogged milk duct because I was still breastfeeding at the time. Um, however, um, I did all the things that you're supposed to do when you have a clogged milk duct and nothing changed. So. I was like, well, I guess I should probably get this checked out. Um, so I did. I called my OB. Actually, I messaged her on Facebook because that's what you do now. You don't call the doctor's office. You're friends with your OB on Facebook, and then you message them. <laughs> so she got me in quickly with one of the nurse practitioners who said, yeah, you know, we should probably uh, go ahead and... Uh, just just be precautious about this and get a mammogram and an ultrasound just to check it out. So I went, uh, finally got scheduled, and I saw the doctor for the mammogram and ultrasound. Listen, it's not uh, alarming. It doesn't look like anything on the mammogram or the uh, ultrasound. It looks like a fiber adenoma, but you should probably go ahead and get it biopsied. And I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, he's like, but you, you don't have to be in a hurry, but just, you know, just make sure you do it. Well, I hear my brain don't have to be in a hurry, so I uh, just go on with my life. So it was a really, really busy time. My career was just like exploding. Um, life was busy. Um, Peyton was going to be going to uh, a therapy intensive in Melbourne for three weeks. So we were getting ready for that. Um, and everything was just crazy at the time. So I did visit with a doctor before I went and we had scheduled to have the biopsy as soon as I come back from the trip. Well, while I was there, I decided that, um, I didn't really like that doctor. And I said, I kept talking myself out of it. I said, well, it's not that big of a deal because, you know, it's just going to be a biopsy and then you'll be done and it's not big, you know, whatever. It's not going to be like, I'm going to have like a long-term relationship with this surgeon, you know? So, <laughs> jokes on me. So anyways, while I was down there, I called and I just canceled. I said, you know, I don't want to basically see you. Um, so I canceled and I started looking for another doctor again, message OB doctor and, uh, OB doctor <laughs> gives me a wonderful, um, surgeon recommendation, but I can't get to see her until I come back. Right. So, um, when I come back, I schedule, I had already scheduled. I was there to come and see her and, I see her. She's like, yep, you got to get this uh, checked out. But I don't have anything until like November for the biopsy. Okay, sure. Again, she had looked at my images as well. And she wasn't really all that concerned. Go and have the surgery. And it's like, 
a week or two before Thanksgiving at this point. <laughs> so I go have a surgery and I ask the doctor in a half um, drugged induced uh, state, did it look like a fibroadenoma? She said, yes, it did actually. Um, I'm not worried about this. Uh, it's probably not, it's not going to be anything. Um, it looked just like a fibroadenoma and which is just a benign mass. Well, a week later, I just go in by myself. Randall's watching the kids. It's like 5.30 in the afternoon. It's the only appointment they had uh, to get a wound check. And surprise, I found out I had cancer. Like two days before Thanksgiving, you have cancer. Oh my goodness. So at that time, we didn't know a lot. Um, I just knew I had cancer and didn't know what kind, I knew it was breast cancer, but we didn't know what kind of breast cancer. Surprise, there's actually quite a few of them. Um, so we went through the holiday. Um, I told our family, uh, I think that was probably one of the more challenging things that I have done was to tell our family that I have cancer. And, um, my sister-in-law jokes that um, when I told them, she was like, you were just so blunt about it. You just like came out and said, I have cancer. And she's like, I didn't understand that at the time until I tried to tell somebody in the family that you had cancer. And she's like, there really just isn't a good way to tell people this. I'm like, there's really not. Um, so I'm still breastfeeding Bailey at this point. Um, her birthday was in August. So I found out, I found the lump around her first birthday and we, um, you know, she's still breastfeeding at this point. I'm enjoying that journey. And I remember going, um, to Kohl's of all places on Black Friday. Cause I love to Black Friday shop. I love getting deals and bargains and that of all places is where I lose it in the Christmas section at a Kohl's department store. I lost it. Um, if you know me well, you know, that's not, um, something that I do. I don't lose it. Uh, it's just not something that happens to me very much. So I'm normally very cool, calm, collected and, can uh, work through things, but I lost it in the Christmas section at a cold. Well, uh, the following week I found out I actually had triple negative breast cancer, which automatically meant chemo, radiation, and at the time I didn't know this, but a study had came out while I was doing chemo, uh, IV chemo, that um, people, women who had done um, this oral pill chemo uh, after the fact uh, had better outcomes. So triple negative breast cancer is a fast-growing, aggressive cancer. However, um, it's highly responsive to treatment. So that's the good side. The bad side is it's aggressive, fast-growing cancer. And in my head, I'm like, you idiot. Like, you idiot. You just screwed everything up. Like, you messed up. You waited. You waited and procrastinated this. Thankfully, I found out 
from the surgery because I had chosen to do a lumpectomy that all of my margins were clear. Uh, so it was assumed that they had gotten all of the cancer as long as one of these little cells didn't get to my lymph nodes and decide to spread somewhere else. Well, thankfully I had the port placement and the lymph node biopsy and oh here I'll show my port scar right there. It's, it's so pretty, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, that was my port scar, uh, my, one of my battle wounds and then a lymph node biopsy and think the Lord, um, it had not spread to my lymph nodes and I was classified as, um, stage two B, something like that. Stage two, basically. Um, but, uh, it still meant I had to go through chemo, radiation, and more chemo pills. Uh, so we went, um, had a great, I tried to have a great Christmas. Um, I think this loomed over everybody. Um, during that time period and we decided that we we're gonna go to the Georgia mountains and have a small break before um, chemo started and um, At the time I was supposed to be the chair for the night to shine prom here in Gainesville and I had uh, offloaded everything uh, all of my volunteer stuff everything that extra that I was doing got wiped off the boards it was gone it was no longer important. The only thing that was important was getting through treatments, my family, and trying to have some kind of money for to pay our bills, you know? So we, um, because of insurance, okay, you gotta love insurance, we had to wait to um, start chemo uh, until I had PET scan. So she wanted a baseline PET scan and, um, we couldn't do that if I had started chemo. So she wanted to get the PET scan and insurance kept denying it. So thankfully I had the lumpectomy. So it wasn't that big of a deal because, um, the cancer was supposed to be gone, but I was freaking out a little bit, but on, um, January, I believe it was 26th of Thursday. So very Thursdays became very important in our household because that's when I got chemo. Um, I had long, beautiful hair, and by the second round of chemo, my hair was, I was doing this, and like globs of my hair was coming out, and um, I'd wake up or I'd move my head off of a pillow, and there would be a big ball of hair. <sighs> really? Um, like, I knew it would happen, but I was like... Maybe I'll be one of those people that doesn't happen to. Um, but I wasn't. I lost my hair. Um, and finally, it just became so annoying losing hair everywhere I went that I decided to just um, shave it off. Just go for the shave. I shaved it off. And um, your, your scalp hurts when you have um, cancer or you're going through chemo treatment because they're super, your hair follicles, I guess, get really inflamed and it hurts. Um, and so it just was weird that I had this sensation there. Um, and I was not a pretty bald person. Like I know some people can pull off the whole bald look. It was not me. I did not pull that look off at all. I had a scarf on my head everywhere I went. 
the only person, people who saw me bald was Bailey and Payson. And uh, as most people know, Peyton has developmental delays. Um, so she ain't telling nobody what it looked like. And Bailey was um, a year and a half old. So she don't remember either. So they're like the only people who ever saw me with a bald head. Not even my husband. Not even Randall. I would pull on a hoodie before like getting out of the shower. So nobody saw me. <laughs> It sounds ridiculous, but I did. Uh, I tried a wig at one point. Wigs are hot. Um, I did wear it on a few appointments. Um, you know, with me and customers who didn't know me as well. I just didn't want to have to explain cancer and treatments while I was working. So um, I would wear a wig to my appointments. And, um, you know, it was what it was. Uh, so then COVID-19 happened um, in March. Uh, so I was like, really? Well, I think like the week before COVID-19 like became like this big deal, my immune system went to like nothing. Um, absolutely nothing. Um, I literally had no immune system. And I was having to wear a mask everywhere. And um, when COVID happened, I was like, I fit in. Like, this is great. I, not great. I mean, jokingly, haha, let's make the glasses half full kind of a thing, you know? And at that time, I don't think we really knew how bad COVID was. So we... I, I could joke about it at that time, but uh, obviously it became very serious. But it felt good that I wasn't the weird person wearing a mask when I went out in places. But then I started having chest pain. Oh, chest pain. Come on. What's going on here? It was a day after one of my treatments, and Randall was gone. I was home at the girls with by myself. Um, and... Or maybe it wasn't the day after. Well, it was shortly after a treatment. Let's just say that. Because um, normally, like, the one to four days after, I wasn't doing so hot. So I had to um, – I wasn't doing anything for, like, four days after treatments. Um, so I had chest pain, and it became so difficult um, to walk. I couldn't walk from the living room to the kitchen or to the bathroom without getting short of breath. And this is kind of an ongoing trend, um, no matter what. Uh, but the chest pain I was getting when I did walk was new. So I'm like, crap. So I called my doctor and they had me come in and then I'm like, oh no, you need to go to the hospital. You can't have this here. Um, the best thing about um, being a cancer patient that's having chest pain with no immune system is they isolate you really quickly, and you get a lot of attention. So uh, you get in and out of the hospital pretty quickly. They did admit me overnight. Um, thank God it wasn't like in a pulmonary embolism or something crazy. It was a teeny tiny little hole like with pneumonia that was showing up on my lung, and I was dehydrated. So, um, thankfully I got some fluids and then I set up, um, in-home healthcare from there to, um, get fluids after every treatment and that went much better. Um, one of the things, one of the early things that happened with my treatments that I remember, um, is, um, my hands, uh, got so cold that, um, they felt like ice 
like if you've been outside in very, very cold weather. And again, we're in Florida, so we don't really experience cold weather all that much. But, you know, ice, ice cold, like you've been outside in like 20 degree weather um, for hours and no gloves on, no warming, none of that, no doing this, none of that. And it was so cold. My hands were so cold. So that was one of my things I remember from treatment. I even got those little rice packs I could throw in the microwave and warm up and we would put them in my hands and my hands were still cold. Like it did not matter what I did. My hands were like ice. Uh, so then I got through the red devil as we so have classified it. And then, um, I moved on to a second medication. The second time I went in to get that medication, so this is round six, I had kind of a allergic reaction. Really? So I started um, getting very lightheaded, very dizzy, felt like I was about to pass out. Um, it was not a good feeling. And um, quickly, they stopped the medication. I mean, it happened really quickly after they started it. Um, they stopped the medication and after that point I got loaded with a bunch of Benadryl, um, and some other medications that made me so sleepy. So instead of like me, I'm like taking my computer to infusion suite and I'm like, I'm going to work. I'm going to work. And I have been pretty successful at working up until that point, but now I'm just like, I'm going to sleep. Why they got these bright lights on? Mm, go away. I want to go to sleep. So I would literally get a blanket and just like throw it over my head and go to sleep during my treatments. And um, the biggest thing was uh, with this second medication was neuropathy in your hands and feet, which I still have a little bit of. But I was thankfully I was blessed that at this point um, my family. Uh, my friends, my community had rallied around me and has set up a GoFund for us um, to help with some of the financial pressures. And I was able to afford to go to see an acupuncturist um, at the cancer center because, uh, you know, insurance doesn't pay for that. Um, nope, nope, nope. No acupuncturist at Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Um, so I did that. And I think that made a huge difference in my um, neuropathy symptoms and my overall well-being throughout treatment. Um, so I definitely highly recommend that. So I finished chemo and then radiation starts. Um, radiation wasn't bad. Like I feel like I, I did a booster, some type of like high dose one. So I only had to go for like 17 rounds and it was amazing. Pain in the butt part of radiation is it's every single day. And you go in for like a 15 minute time slot and you, they're efficient. They get you in and out of there like that. Because if you, if they get off on their schedule, everybody's gonna be off. They literally have people scheduled 15 minutes back to back to back to back. And I asked them, like, how how many hours they run. And I start at, like, 6 a.m. and they go into, like, 6 or 7 p.m. Every 15 minutes for almost 12 or more hours a day. 
I had like two rooms and I'm sure they were probably going to add more eventually. <sighs> that was sad to me. The fact that there's so many cancer patients and, you know, one of the other things that, um, just thought about when I first started treatment was, um, how I'm like, I think 30, 32 when I started treatment and I was pretty young. Like I go to the cancer center and thankfully I was probably, I have at least had probably like 20 or 30 years on most of the people that were there. And that's probably a good thing. You know, you did see some younger people that was at North Florida Cancer Center. Um, I'm thinking maybe some of the young people might have been at Shands. But um, I felt very alone and isolated during cancer treatments. Um, like I didn't quite fit uh, being there, you know. Um, so at some point, like when I was finishing IV chemo, the doctor was like, listen, and she brought in this like research study. And she said, listen, I got this study. I want you to read it. I think we should do, um, this oral chemo medication and, um, Zalota and they're showing like really great results for like long-term survivor, um, and not having reoccurrence. And if you want to know something, I felt like I had been gut punched because I was like, oh no, stop. Because I was going to do IV chemo, which I'm done with. This is like our last appointment, right? And radiation. And I'm going to move on with my life. Like I'm done. Don't come at me with this pill chemo stuff. I read the research article and I was like, okay, you win. I'm going to do it. Um, part of me was like, I'm going to do this because I don't want to have to do this again. I don't want to have to go through this again. Um, I want to be done and move on with my life. Um, so I did, I did eight rounds of this medication and it just drained the life out of me and just made you feel like um, like crap all the time. Um, and you just had so many tummy, tummy issues, like randomly. And there was just a lot of stuff that would happen. Um, fatigue was one of those throughout everything fatigue. I mean, for the women who've been pregnant and had babies like that early first trimester fatigue, where you just, it's hard to just like, you just feel like you're gonna lift your arm and it just like, ugh, that's, you just can't do anything fatigue. Um, so I, uh, I finished my last pill. Uh, I believe it was January 20th and, um, of 2021. So about 10 months ago. And I'm thankful. Um, I got lucky. I got very, very lucky. This could have been so much worse, especially with me procrastinating and not taking what I thought was nothing serious. Um, and the crazy part is I've always been that person that says, just get it checked out. Why not? It doesn't hurt to get it checked out, right? Just don't procrastinate. Just do it. But life, um, kids, work, um, the house, my husband just everything, um, 
kind of fills your space and occupies your mind. But I guess my warning um, would be to not do that. Um, if you think it might be something, get it checked out. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Because this could have been so much worse. Um, I had <laughs> just uh, shortly before I found my lump, I had found... I went to a funeral of another woman who had died from uh, ovarian cancer, and um, you just don't want to regret not getting it checked out. And with having um, two small babies, I um, I wanted to make sure that I get to see them grow up, and. I could have easily missed out on all of that just by letting life get in the way and procrastinating um, all the things. So don't do that. <laughs> um, you'll hear me joke uh, quite a bit that I didn't choose this haircut, it chose me. <laughs> I am slowly working on growing my hair back out, but I don't know. I'm kind of experimenting with the short hair um I don't know tell me what you think does the short hair work for me <laughs> well um that's all for now I'm very very open about my breast cancer journey and hope that this helps somebody to um maybe just jog their mind and be like, oh, you know what? I did feel something weird here. Let me go get that checked out. Um, hopefully this helps someone, just one person, and I would be so happy. Just do it. Just go get your checks. Do your monthly self-breast exams, and for the men, the prostate exams, the checking, everything. Just do your checks, and... Um, don't procrastinate it. Just do it. Like Nike, just do it. <laughs> and anyways, I hope you've enjoyed this. I'm, like I was saying, I'm very, very open about my breast cancer journey. And if you have questions for me, um, just shoot them in the comments or you can email me. I'm happy to answer any questions that people have. Uh, I would love to hear your breast cancer story too. So if you have one and you want to share it, drop it in the comments, your link to your breast cancer story. I would love to hear it. All right. Bye.